This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome, welcome one, welcome all to this week's episode of Five on Three, WFUV's podcast for all things NHL. I am Samantha Boer here with Tyler Mooney and a new addition to the Five on Three podcast, Mr. Nick Palmer. Nick, welcome to Five on Three. Good morning. Good morning. Aw, thanks guys. Thanks guys. (laughs) We love, we love sharing the five-on-three wealth and having new pals here. We so. do, we do. We do, very much so. We're happy to have you. Tyler, how are you doing today, sir? I am great as always. Great as always. Well, I love to hear that. We were just talking about how uh, Tyler will be heading to Rome next semester, which yes, is incredibly exciting, but very sad for us here at five-on-three because that means that we will be Tyler-less, which is- That's a shame. It'll be a shame. shame. It'll be a shame. We still, got, like, we still got like two months here, basically. Heck yeah, we less, do. So. Heck we'll yeah. enjoy it. We are going to want to hear your thoughts on the state of Italian hockey by the time. Italian hockey. Know. He's gonna he's gonna zoom in uh, weekly for a, <laughs> a little beat report on Italian <laughs> hockey from uh, from across the uh, across the globe. But I I hope you enjoy that. Any whomst. Before we can get to that, we must first get through, like Tyler said, the next couple months. But first, let's start with talking about what's happening right now in this NHL. Um, let's talk about the one, the only, the New York Rangers. Let's start there. They won 3-1 over the Ottawa Senators last night, improving to 7-4-1 on the road. And they've gained a point in seven of their last nine games on the road. They're 6-2-1 on the road in their last nine games. Yaroslav Halak wins his first game as a New York Ranger, finally. It has been a long time coming, I feel. He's come close a couple times, but not quite there, obviously. Finally pulls out the win Last night, the Rangers have been perfect on their penalty kill in five of their last seven games, and they were the other night against the Senators as well, which I think is such a huge part of this team. And that was a bright spot for the Rangers because recently they've been having a tough time. I was at the uh, game against Edmonton, and boy, oh boy, that one was painful. Our producer, Mr. Nicholas Nabby, is shaking his head back in the studio because he is a Rangers fan, and it was a tough watch. Uh, the The environment of MSG was not exactly friendly. Uh, and post-game, the, uh, the players were very much so vocal about how disappointed they were in themselves. So, a bright spot, though, beating the Senators. Tyler, what are you seeing out of this Rangers team recently? Uh, well, the same stuff we've really been seeing from all year, which is just the inability for them to put together a complete 60-minute game. I mean, the game versus... The Oilers, you put together as good a first two periods as you can, up 3 nothing, and Absolutely. you think they're kind of just going to coast to a win. And honestly, I looked at the score, and I was like, I'm not even going to watch a third period because this oh. game is over. <laughs> and then I checked my phone like an hour later, and I was in for quite a surprise. But um, as for the game last night, you know, yeah, it, they won. It really wasn't like the, the nicest of win, and it is the centers. But at this point, this team, two points is two points. And it was great to see Halak get his first win as a Ranger. You know, he was definitely struggling. He was definitely playing poorly at the beginning of the year. But I feel like his last few starts, he's definitely played well enough to get the win and just hasn't, you know, gotten the bounces for whatever reason. So it was nice to see that. And it was also nice to see Vitaly Kravtsov get inserted into the lineup. And I yeah. thought he looked really good. You know, the downward stretch that the Rangers have been on, I think one of the huge things that everyone has been questioning is why you know you're losing 
three straight games, you're losing four of your last six or whatever the records are. And Vitaly Kravtsov is staying in the press box. You're not making any lineup changes. I think there was a lot of questions as to why that was happening. And he finally gets in last night. He didn't register any points or anything, but he looked very, very good. He looked like he belonged. I thought that line that he was on was very productive. And it was good to see the Rangers get that win. Their next three games, well, their next two are again versus Ottawa on Friday and then versus the Blackhawks on Saturday. You got to... I mean, they need to going into these this three game mm-hmm. stretch. You needed to take two of three minimum. I think this team, if they were able to win these next two games, that would be huge for them to just try and get some kind of consistency going. Because right now, it's just you don't really know what you're going to get game in and game out. And even when they go up, like they did last night, they were mm-hmm. up versus Ottawa, but there was really no confidence that they were going to win until the clock hit zero. Yeah, this is um. You know, the the Rangers, I, I wouldn't call it a slide, um, but I would definitely call it mediocre play, and that's just not being an Islanders fan. That's, that's no, objectively looking at it, because there, there are a couple things I've been noticing with this team. First, as you said, they're they're not playing a complete 60 minutes. Their, their plus-minus in the third period is god-awful. Um, second, Panarin's been slowing down a bit. Um, his last month hasn't been great, hasn't been putting up a lot of points, um, goals and assists which we know he can do both. And one thing I'm looking for is Kako and Lafreniere, but 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 more specifically Kako. He's in his third year as a Ranger now, and we haven't seen the points really coming through yet. And Lafreniere, you, you can give him some time, you know. You, I, I feel like, in general, we give rookies two to three years to really settle into the league. We gave it to Jack Hughes. We're giving it to Lafreniere. It's, it's time for Kako to start putting up some points. And third, I mean... To even expect Shesterkin to be close to what he was last year is we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, his save percentage has dropped about fifty points from where it was at the end of last year. I'm not saying he can't turn it around, um, but a large reason the Rangers were so successful last year was because of their goaltending. You know, their their five on five metrics weren't great, and we were like, how are they winning so many games? It's because Igor's standing on top of his head and making saves that we rarely ever see. So. Mm-hmm. If Igor turns it around, I think the rest of the team will definitely turn it around. I agree. I I wanted to talk about that, though, because um, in the game against the Devils, Igor had some very choice words for himself after that match. And it was honestly sad. I mean, I was looking at pictures. He looked like a depleted little puppy in like the post game. I was like, oh, Igor, like he's a nice dude. I feel bad for him. But I do think it's unfair for, for fans, for the team, to expect him to play the way he played last season. We've been saying that all year. Um, you can't expect someone to have a Hall of Fame goaltending season twice in a row, you know. Even Henrik Lundqvist, he's one, obviously one of the greatest of all time. You still can't expect them to pull out this incredible record-breaking season every single year. And with that Devils game specifically, he took the blame fully on himself. He was like, this is the, he said, the goalie played awful tonight. I, I played terribly. And you can't, you can't expect one person to be carrying the team on their back. You know, you can't expect the goalie to be your saving grace of everything. Like the Lightning are good, yes, because they have Vasilevsky, but also because they had so many players on that roster who made it so deep and were able to contribute so much. It was never just him, you know. And so I guess with that, we'll we'll transition to the Devils in that game against the Rangers. Um, they Well, the Devils play the Predators tonight, but their last game was against the Rangers, like I said, and they rallied from behind to take down the Rangers 5-3 and improve their season record to 19-4-0. They are officially the top of the NHL, beating the Bruins. 
which is bananas. That is not something I thought I'd be saying this season. I know in the first episode of this season, we made our uh, little season predictions. And uh, we were all like, oh, the Devils will like, maybe get a wild card spot. Absolutely not. They are blowing us all out of the water. Um, they're just absolutely kicking butt and taking names right now, to say the least. This is an incredible team. Obviously, they had their 13-game uh, win streak, which is franchise record tying, broken in that game against Toronto. However, now they're back on a three-game win streak, which is just ridiculous. And they set an NHL record for most wins in the month of November. So, I mean, this team is just absolutely unstoppable. In the game against the Rangers, they had four different scorers the other night. And I'm pretty sure Igor Sharangovich scored twice. Um, and so, to have four different scores and to have some of those scores not even be those of your top line is so important to this team to have so much depth. It's not just Jack Hughes. You know, he's someone who maybe has even kind of fallen out of the the headlines, whereas last year it was it was like the kid superstar Jack Hughes, and now it's just everyone, you know? So I think that's that's so crucial for this team. And, I mean, Nick, I, I know you're an Islanders fan, but, like, sure. you can't say it's not exciting to see the Devils doing so well right now. No, I, I hate it so much, man. Well, okay. Um, they're, they're, <laughs> no, I hate that they're so good because – I mean, the the depth that they have, the young depth that they have, even the guys who maybe were a little quiet over the last couple of years. You have guys like Nico Hischier who are resurging in a really powerful way. Um, Jesper Bratt's been fantastic. Dougie Hamilton has been fantastic. He was one of the best gets for them in recent history, I think. Um, but even more than that, Vanacek is playing way above his pay grade. Yeah. I mean, what one thing you were looking at with the Devils was, Oh, it, it, their downfall last year was their goaltending. I think they had five different starting goaltenders throughout the whole year. Like you, you're, That's not a recipe for success. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood really has never been the goaltender he was supposed to be. Um, but Vanacek's doing a great job of filling that spot. I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think about the Devils? I absolutely agree. I mean, Vanacek, he's playing like a high-end starter right now. I yeah. think he was, I believe he's fifth in the league in... Goals against Something average, like which yeah. you know can be a little bit of a misleading stat for goalies if you're playing in front of a great defense, which he is. But by all means, he is playing incredible. And I think their win versus the Rangers was just such a character win for them. You know, they go down two nothing within three minutes, and especially that second goal was not a good goal for Vanacek mm-hmm. to give up. No. Like that was pretty much all his fault. And I think you know the way that that team, both Vanacek and the entire team, responded was was absolutely incredible, and it shows that this team is able to win games even when they're not putting together 60-minute performances, which is kind of different from the Rangers. The Rangers can play, as we've seen, two amazing periods, then the wheels fall off in one period and they lose, whereas the Devils can, you know, they've shown this ability that they can, and the Islanders as well, have shown this ability that they can come back and recover from not playing their best at the start of the game. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, it's crazy that they've lost one game since October 24th, and it was the Toronto game, which they dominated especially the third period they completely dominated and they got not one not two but three goals disallowed so you could make a very strong argument that this team deserves to be it should be undefeated since october 24th was just incredible to say and there's just i mean there's really no holes in this team right now they have as you guys have both alluded to the depth is absolutely incredible all four lines registered a point versus the rangers and we've talked in podcasts prior about especially the fourth line and how when you have a fourth line that can score, it's almost like the Islanders' identity line on steroids. Like they <laughs> sure. can hit and they can sure. bring the energy, but they also, 
I believe it was a game versus the Oilers a few weeks ago. Like that line contributed all the goals in the totally. game. So it's just incredible what this team is doing right now. And you have to think that they have to fall somewhat back to earth. You know, they're not going to continue on this record breaking pace they're on right now. But this team has gone, I feel like every week they've gone from, okay, now this team is going to make the playoffs. Okay, this team might be top three in the Metro to now this team might be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And it'll be very interesting to see as we go further into the season, you know, and maybe they come back to earth and you start to see a hole or two in the team and how, you know, maybe a late trade deadline acquisition could help them. Mm-hmm. But for right now, it's all it's all good for the Devils. I, I love that point about their depth because they are – first in the league in second period goals Mm -hmm. and they are first in the league in least amount of goals given up in the third period which means that their fourth line guys when their top guys are getting tired they are holding down the fort and even putting points on the board and that is so huge for a complete 60 minute game absolutely I mean last year I think that we we saw that we've always been saying like oh yeah the biggest thing that they're missing is their goaltending like they have the talent they just need a goaltender I, I can't say that, yeah, I thought that Vitek Vanacek was going to be the uh, the answer to their prayers, but, I mean, I'm glad he is. Good for him. Um, and, yeah, I think it's so important to be seeing these guys that are these big physical presences as well, like seeing McLeod step up, seeing Miles Wood be able to, who are known as just kind of like these big physical presences, to also be able to score and to contribute in these ways and contribute points. Um, if, if I mean, if they hadn't had those three goals disallowed, would they be on an 18-game win streak or a 17-game win streak? Maybe, which is crazy to say. Um, I don't know what the all-time NHL um, streak is. I think it's like 17. I feel like it's like a 17. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Okay. I, was like, I feel like it's something like that because to to even think of the possibility that in one season, in not even a full season, half a season, the Devils could have gone from being legitimately one of the worst teams in the in the NHL, especially in the Metro, to being legit Stanley Cup contenders and theoretically – holding the all-time win streak record is just bananas. I mean, it's I, I bring this up a lot, like the worst first season for the Blues um, mm-hmm. in 2019, where they were legitimately last in the league in December or October, whatever it was, and then they won the Stanley Cup. Maybe we'll see that out of the out of the Devils, which would be personally exciting. I don't know. Maybe. So the record is 17, 17. set by the Penguins. Now, the Penguins. I'm interested to see your guys answer this question, because we were talking – in our chat from last year when the Devils like lost that game and it was three disallowed goals, people sure. were like, this has to be like the worst way to lose a totally. winning streak of this game. But the way that the Penguins lost their 17-game win streak was a 6-6 tie Ooh. against the New Jersey Devils Oh, in 1992-93. But imagine losing a 17-game win streak in a tie. Well, first of all, ties Man. should not be allowed in sports. That's my, my hot take. I don't care. Football soccer both the footballs if you want to be technical I don't care ties should not be allowed and I'm glad that the NHL doesn't do that anymore um I don't both of those suck like that sucks yeah yeah that's a lot it. it's also it's called soccer because it's US didn't soccer. lose to England so it's called soccer dude what is a kilometer I you know what that's a good question that's a question uh FUVFC uh shameless plug listen to that as well they're recording right next door right now so you can listen to all your world cup talk right there and they maybe they know what a kilometer maybe is they do because I sure as heck do not nope. There's you know what five of them in like three something three point something miles so yeah they're like when you run a 5k yeah uh a thou I know kilo means thousand yep I've got that much oh, that's a good one yeah yep. there you go so we are we are intellectual academics here at ten forty in the morning on five on three, and I guess with that we will we will use that as a fun and funky little transition um, to go 
out east to Long Island. Uh-oh. Talk about talk about the Islanders. We're, we're talking about teams who know how to rally from behind, as the Devils have done in multiple of their games. They did against the Rangers. Obviously, the Rangers blew a multi-goal lead for the multiple time this season. I don't even know at this point. I I think it's like four or five times that they've done it now, which is kind it's of like ridiculous. Four or five times this month. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and then. I, but the Rangers, not the Rangers, the Devils are a team who does the opposite. They know how to rally from behind constantly. Or not the Rangers, the Isles. Mew, 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 mew. Both, well, both of them, both actually. Of them. Yeah, I was like, I wasn't wrong when saying that. Um, but the Isles especially, we talked a little bit ago about how they had two third-period, two-goal comebacks in a row. Yeah. Like two days in a row. And we're like, that's not a sustainable way to play hockey. But it's winning nevertheless. However, they did not win the other night versus the Flyers. They, in fact, lost. And they were the team that snapped the Flyers' 10-game losing streak, um, which is tough. Being an Isles fan, I'm sure you were not very happy to see that one. The Islanders, usually a pretty good third-period team. Like I said, they're able to rally when they're down. They're able to come from behind with two goals right there at the end, three goals right there at the end. They just got outplayed in the third period against the Flyers ridiculously so and they're also just like plagued by injury right now I mean Palmieri's been out Josh Bailey was a late injury scratch and then Cal Clutterbuck left in the first period and I think he's still out um so I don't know exciting game though I mean there were fights orchestrated during warm-ups that occurred in the first eight seconds of play but then we'll talk a little bit more about the Islanders fighting in a second. But I mean, what did you what did you think of this Flyers game as our as our residential Islanders fan for the moment? We lost a lot more than that game. Mm. Um, we lost momentum. I'm, I should stop saying we. The Islanders lost momentum. We? He's a part of the squad now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh. Josh Bailey's out. Who has been? Uh, Josh Bailey has never been up to the expectations that was set for him when the Islanders did sign him. Um, but he's doing better than he has been recently. Cal Clutterbuck's been solid for us. Kyle Palmieri's been making a lot of good passes recently and has found some tips in front of the net. So there are going to be some really big misses coming up. Um, never feels good to snap a 10-game losing streak for another team, but especially after that that uh, first game against them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... When whenever you're going up against Carter Hart, and I guess this is the only excuse that I can give this team is whenever you're going up against Carter Hart, you're either gonna get Carter Hart who looks like an average goaltender, or he's just gonna morph into a supreme being that you <laughs> cannot stop. He becomes a brick wall. And um, as as a goaltender, um, when he was coming up, it was his rookie year. If if you wanted to be a goaltender growing up. You watched Carter Hart because he was so fundamentally sound. And that's what I saw a lot in this game. We also looked tired um, and worn down. So, you know, as long as Sorokin keeps playing out of his mind, as long as Barzell's picking up an assist or two every game, I mean, I don't really see anything going wrong in the future. Yeah, they had, prior to that, I mean, you know, tough loss to the Flyers, but at the end of the day, it is just one game. Right. And they had a four-game winning streak going into that game, which was nice to see because, you know, in the weeks prior, it had been a little shaky. They'd been winning games, but they'd also had some rough losses. You know, getting shut out by the Coyotes is not a good thing. <laughs> and I was there. Some, oh, and, That's you know, some, <laughs> yeah. and some, you know, wins that, you know, they were getting wins, but late comebacks again, again, this, you know, isn't really sustainable. But to have that win streak, you know, steady the ship a little bit and you mentioned Sorokin I mean I say it every week he's been fantastic and 
the liberty that he gives his team when you know it's like the Rangers last year when you know that you have a goalie behind you who is going to bail you out time yeah. and time again it lets you explore so much more offensively and I think you've seen the Islanders defense getting so much more involved part of that being the new system of Lane Lambert but also part of that is knowing you have Ilya Sorokin behind you and when Semyon Varlamov is in he is also playing fantastic yeah. as well so I think that's been huge for the Islanders obviously and you know the injuries that you guys mentioned not good but you know there's been people there have been players that have been picking up the slack Zach mm-hmm. Parise has seven goals already yeah I mean I don't even know how it took him a long time to get the seven goals last year you know Paul Mary's injured you mentioned that but he has six goals Pajot has six mm-hmm. these are guys that it took them probably 35 40 games mm-hmm. last year to get to six goals and we're at game 22 23 24 and they're already at that total now so that just shows you all these bounce back years from the Islanders players that we saw um, from their career down years last year and things just this team I think is very solid yeah they're very solid right now I don't necessarily see them you know challenging the Devils or the Hurricanes for a division title but the way they're playing I don't really see them falling off and missing the playoffs either I think they're a very solid two or three in this Metro division I still want to see them playing a little bit more consistently throughout 60 minutes. Sure. You know, they have a minus two goal differential through the mm. f- first two periods this year and a plus 18 in third and OT. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. that kind of tells you the story of the Islanders' season right now. They've been not so great to start the game mm-hmm. and bailed out by their goalie and then kind of gotten things going and things have really clicked as the game goes on. So, you know, I we talked about it pretty recently. In the postseason when you're playing a team like Tampa like Carolina you can't afford to get off to slow starts because they'll punish you Mm -hmm. you can get away with it in the regular season and the Islanders are getting away with it so if they can just play a little bit more consistently from start to finish I think you really shouldn't have that many worries with this team I I think a lot of the reason you're seeing a lot of great goaltending numbers out of Sorokin and Varlamov is because their blue line has has increased in skill tremendously of course you're gonna have the top pair of 2021 all-star Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock but you're also seeing guys like Noah Dobson mm-hmm. becoming huge forces on that line. Um, young guys like Romanov um, laying a lot of important hits. And what what they're doing really well is keeping threats to the outside. I um, I recently went to the Oilers-Islanders uh, game, and they kept, kept McDavid pretty much under wraps the whole game. Um, and when you're creating those opportunities for low success percentage shots, you're going to be seeing a lot more saves, and you're going to see that save percentage go up purely because your defense is keeping them on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Strokin was like the third star of the week this week for the NHL or something like that. Maybe it was last week. He, I mean, he's been ridiculous recently. Uh, he always is uh, this season at least. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, one game losing to the Flyers, you're going to lose games to teams that you shouldn't. Like, that's going to happen to everyone. I'm not really concerned about it. Like you said, Tyler, four-game win streak going ahead into that last match. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about it. I still see all three of these teams in the Metro making the playoffs in some way or at least a wild card spot, which that, I don't know if that's a hot take, but... Uh, it might be a hot take with the Rangers right now. It might be a hot know. take, but you know what? I don't think they're bad enough to fall out fully by the time we get to the end of the season. I don't think they're bad enough to fall out of at least wild card two. You know, like I think that... Sure. I think that they could... I'm not saying that they're going to be one, two, and three in the Metro, but I think that there's a way that they don't even... They don't slip past wild card two, you know? I maybe like fingers crossed we'll see what I'm saying come like I don't know I'll give it till I'll give it till like the end of January to really really assess that but um at least as of now obviously not great but like 
you know what? We've seen people come back in the second half of the season. Maybe they just need a nice little Christmas break, mm. and then they'll find their merry little way. Maybe Santa will guide their way into the playoffs. All right. Christmas plug. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jewish anyway, so like, oh, I don't really too. know. <laughs> you really yeah. score. <laughs> so I don't really know why I'm plugging Christmas, but like, heck yeah, brother. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we'll, we'll say a, a nice little holiday break. We'll, we'll be inclusive here for ourselves and also others. Brief thing before we move on from the Islanders. Like we said, there were there were some fights in that in that mm. game versus the Flyers. Let us let us go back to the last game versus the Flyers too, when Wallstrom absolutely destroyed Tony D'Angelo. I just want to briefly mention this. That video, so satisfying. As someone who has vocally not been the biggest fan of Tony D'Angelo in the past, or mayhaps, perhaps due to his off ice um, statements, personally satisfying. Yes. Also really fun to watch i love fights in hockey i mean my dad always makes the joke where he's like i went to a fight and a hockey game broke out <laughs> and i'm like oh i love God. you larry um but yeah i mean wicked fight just quick thoughts on that i mean fun right so i have a question for you both oh answer. um is tony d'angelo a widely hated character in the rangers universe yeah, yeah. he is yeah. was this was this while he was a ranger or only when he got traded it was towards the end of yeah. towards the end okay because that was one of the most lopsided fights that I've seen in a while. Um, also, brutally aggressive too. Not not only kicking because, him while he's down, literally. Right. <laughs> some 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 Archimedean tactics there, just in the way that he's sort of like grabbing the back of his jersey. I don't want to get too graphic, but he's just sort of just plunging his head into the ice over oh, yeah. and over again. Um, not something you would expect from Wallstrom. He's he's not known to be a fighter. No. He's a young guy going up against this veteran don't want to call him like a caveman, but he's he's sturdy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's Angelo can, he can he can throw. He can yeah, use he, some brute that's force such a there. Funny word to use. I um, like it. Caveman. You know, sometimes they call them goons in hockey where they're where a lot their purpose is to is to throw some hands. Yes. Um yeah. but but he's known to fight. He's known to yeah, tussle. He yeah, tussles. Known to tussle. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have that many more thoughts. But it is crazy that it was Wallstrom. He's, yeah. he's a guy, you know, in years past, it's been almost he's – people have gotten on him. And, you know, obviously he had a very love-hate relationship with Barry Trotz, which we've talked mm-hmm. about in years past. But, you know, there's been times where you've wanted Wallstrom. He's got such a big, strong frame. You want him to just use his body a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And when we say that, we talk about more, you know – the goal scoring and play creating aspect, but it is yep. good to see a young guy like that defend himself. Because D'Angelo came in there and he, he was getting some good shots in on him at yeah. first. It was kind of he kind of I think he got Wallstrom by surprise, which also could explain why Wallstrom then when he got him down on the ground was not very forgiving. No, yep. um, but that was definitely not something that I thought I would see on Tuesday. But it's it um, fun. it's good for the future because you're not always gonna have a Matt Martin to protect you. No. You know, you're, you're with this new generation of Islanders, you know, guys like I'm looking for guys like Wallstrom to step up there. Maybe Romanov, um, Dobson, maybe uh, just these big guys who who can really uh, fight. They can they can fight, man. They can fight. It's fun. I don't know. I love watching it. Um, obviously, one of the big uh, fighters from the Rangers, Ryan Reeves, is now a member of the Minnesota Wild, which mm. gone but not forgotten. Um, we hope you're doing well there, Revo. Um, let us let us travel out west. Speaking of Minnesota, Minnesota is only slightly wester from here, but let's go even further wester to uh, Kraken and Kings to Seattle, L.A. 
Let's talk about that game, that absolutely hilarious 9-8 overtime win for the Kraken. I mean, I, I don't want to go too too deep on this, but, like, not a single goalie to be found. Dare, no. Not a single goalie, not an ounce of defense to be found. If you are winning a game 9-8, both teams said, we played terribly and so did they, which is funny because you expect, like, one team to say that, like the winning team. No. Both teams were like, oh, we all were bad tonight. The coaches, the players, everyone was like, that sucked. Um, but really funny. A combined there was a combined six goals scored in the first ten minutes of the second period, just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I mean, LA swapped out their goalie, the Kraken did not. Yeah, both teams just admitted to playing a bad game. Exciting for the Kraken. I mean, they're on a on a on a win streak. They're doing well, but which is this is a great improvement from the Kraken that we've seen in the past. But I mean, this is just a hilarious game. I think it it tied the nhl record for like most combined goals or something like that yeah because it's like 16 which is also 17, which is ridiculous most goals for the kraken in franchise history yes. in a game also that um but i mean they've just been rolling through california and vegas um i mean burkowski looks great former islander jordan eberly looks great uh jared mccann's really picked up um and also in this game, you had Martin Jones and Jonathan Quick going head-to-head, which, um, as someone from L.A., I remember a time when Jonathan Quick and Martin Jones looked like a big one-two goaltending combo, especially in 2014 when they won the Cup. Um, but you had Jonathan Quick looking, I hate to say it, but looking old. He's He, he wasn't as positionally sound as he was. He's not as quick. Oh my god, pun so <laughs> not intended. Um, but even Cal Peterson, you know, they put him on waivers yeah, after waved. this game. Yeah, literally, day. they were like, <laughs> they put him on bye. waivers after this game. <laughs> they cleared. I feel like that's more of a statement saying, hey, we're not afraid to replace you guys. Like, pick it up. Uh, Jonathan Quick, age 36, he has an 890 save percentage as their starting goaltender. Cal Peterson, 868. Your top two goaltending cannot have. Both of them cannot be below 900 on a save percentage for you to have a winning team. And they're still in, what, third place in the Pacific? Something like that. I believe so, yeah. Uh, Cal Peterson, tough look. That game was just incredible. I think mm. there was four or five guys that had two goals each. Four power play goals in one period. <laughs> like, I mean, incredible to watch the highlights of that. And the Kraken are, the Kraken are having a pretty good year. Last year, I think, I mean, last year Philip Grubauer was the worst goalie in the league and I think a lot yeah. of people Aww. picked him to be a sneaky Vesna candidate leading into the year and it's just why everyone thought you know that Kraken could make some noise in their first year and that didn't happen but now they're getting a little bit better goaltending but they're also scoring 3.8 goals a game which that might be buoyed a little bit by the nine goal game and they also had an eight goal game a few weeks ago yeah but still that 3.8 that's second in the league going to Boston so when you're scoring almost four goals a game you're going to win more than you lose and the Kraken, they're 14-5-3 right now and fairly comfortably into a playoff spot. So that would, it's nice to see the Kraken yeah. getting some positive headlines because yeah. last year it was really all negative for them. And yeah. Um, But, yeah, this game was incredible. Like When I woke up the next morning and I was just like, scrolling my phone looking at scores, I yeah. was like, am I still asleep right now? Is that I know. actually say 9-8? But – yeah, we probably will not see that again in the NHL this year. No, probably not. I, I agree. I was uh, I was not asleep when that game ended at whatever terrible hour of the night it did because it was a West Coast game. I was not asleep, and I, I got the uh, 
uh, athletic alert or like the ESPN plus alert. And mm-hmm. I literally was like, sorry, does that say nine eight? And I was, I had to Google it. Cause I was like, this can't be real. Must yeah. be a typo. Twas not a typo. So twas not, twas not crazy, crazy game there. Um, let us, let us move a little bit. Something not quite so fun to talk about, but we should talk about it regardless. Out back east in Pennsylvania, Chris Letang is mm. now out indefinitely after suffering a stroke. His second stroke in a decade. He had his first one in 2014 where he was out of play for two months. He went to the rink on Monday and went to the trainers with what he said was like a migraine-like headache and said, I know something's not right. I can feel it. I know my body well enough. They then took him to the hospital where he was tested, and it turned out that he had had a stroke, um, which we are glad that he was able to catch it himself, knows himself well enough that he is all right. They are saying that he, thankfully, as of now, does not look to have any serious long-term effects, and it doesn't seem to be career-threatening, which, above all else, also doesn't seem to be life-threatening, which is the most important thing, obviously. Um, I mean, I, I don't have too much else to say on that besides we wish him well, and I mean, it's never never fun to see a player suffer something like this and especially when it's something he's suffered with in the past before yeah. and missed so much time and um I mean my 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 dad had a stroke a couple years ago and like you just it's it's so ter- so tough so terrible and the recovery can be really brutal so I mean I personally wish him all the best yeah there, there's there's two important things to look at when it comes to this first of all all the love goes out to Latang and the Latang family <laughs> Um, first, the thing with strokes is that they can be a very recurring issue. Um, you're at very high risk to get another one if it happens again. And it has happened again. Um, hopefully this doesn't become a pattern for him. He's a really talented player. But second, he, um, when it was announced, he, he was the one who came out and announced it to the press, which is huge. Um, because it shows that he's open about it. Um, he's open about his health. And that means that he's betting on himself that it won't impact his career um, to a large extent. And he said that he expects to be back. So uh, that that's huge for him and, and all the love goes out to him. Absolutely. Just echo what you guys said. Not really much more to add. Just thoughts and prayers to him. Hopefully he's able to recover in a timely and healthy fashion. And I think, again, this really just emphasizes how important it is to know yourself and know your body. Because, you know, if he maybe was not as in tune to what you know his body responds to and he knew something was wrong if he had not you know it could have potentially gotten to a worse scenario so it it just emphasized the importance of when you know something's wrong or you think something's wrong always say something and get it checked out and that goes for you know not just strokes just anything in life but uh so yeah prayers to Latang, and hopefully we'll see him on the ice soon because he he's a huge player for the penguins he's obviously an iconic player for that franchise one of the most well-known penguins you know I'd say, obviously, Crosby and Lemieux are the top two. But then, you know, when you go to those other role players who have had so much success and played so much of a key role in leading that franchise to the success that they found, Chris Letang is one of the first names that you say. So hopefully he's able to return and finish up what has been a very successful and probably Hall of Fame worthy career. I absolutely agree. I mean, like we said, above all else, we just hope that he is happy and healthy in the future. But I mean, if we are talking about the sake of hockey, since it is a hockey podcast, he has been such a hallmark player for that franchise. I mean, like you said, Tyler, he's one of the names that comes to mind immediately when you think of that team. And so 
Hopefully he's back out there soon, able to play, and this doesn't impact the rest of his career, and hopefully it also does not continue to impact the rest of his career. He's not that old. So, I mean, he, he has a while left, like, in the way that, like, he's not verging on retirement the next right. season, you know? Right. Like, he's got some time. So, hopefully he is allowed to live out his full career to the fullest extent, um, and he is healthy and happy. So, thoughts and prayers and everything to the Latang family, and, yeah, good to know your body, know yourself, especially as an athlete. There is so much that can go wrong in this game so quickly. So it's amazing that he knew himself in that way. Let us end on a on a happier note than that, perhaps, because as much as it is important to talk about the news, I want to talk about talk about something bright to to continue our day here, our Thursday. Let's talk about Mitchell Marner and his mm. point streak. Um eighteen game point streak, tied for most in franchise history after he nets an empty net goal the other night. Good for him. I mean, I I honestly don't have too many thoughts on that besides, yay, good for him. I mean, it's miraculous. An 18-game point streak is incredible, very exciting, longer than we've seen out of anything from any of the players in our um, direct three New York metropolitan area this year. So very exciting to watch. But, I mean, yeah. Nick, thoughts? Yeah. Very talented guy. Um, Knows how to find the net even when there's not a goalie there. Um, But I... other than that, he makes really smart passes. Um, he's quick with the puck. Um, pretty deceptive guy as well. Underrated in terms of um, his his skill purely with the puck. Also, another piece of good news um, or celebratory news: Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Now has the most road go- road points of any player, surpassing the great one Wayne Gretzky. Um, so, bo- I mean, both of these guys are such iconic players for their team. Um, and yeah, the be- the best of both of them, yeah. Exactly. Toronto, we talked I was one of our first two episodes. I think it was Yeah. the second one they had a little bit of a rough start to the season including losing at home to the Coyotes and there were some comments in the media by Sheldon Keefe that had to be walked back, but since then they really have not <laughs> looked back at all. You know, they're right behind Boston in terms of points. I think Boston has does have two or three games in hand on them. Mm-hmm. So you could maybe see some separation there, but Marner leading that team in points, Nylander leading that team in goals. So the big four for them are finally, you know, play, all playing at the level that they need to be playing and should be playing considering how much dough they're making. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, the regular season does not matter for the Maple Leafs because they are going to make the playoffs, <laughs> and all that matters is what happens in the playoffs. They could have <laughs> First 150 round. points this year and win the division by 30, or they could be the last wildcard team. I don't get it. would not matter. All that matters is what they do in the playoffs. It's just so crazy. I mean, we we talked about the Maple Leafs, like you said, in like one of our first two episodes. A couple of us had had picked them for. I for think this. I have them in the finals. I, I think, think I said I had them in the finals. I think year? you did too. Yeah, I think I, I, think I, did. I did too. I think I had them, and you guys yelled at me because I wouldn't pick. Okay, but I, yeah, you wouldn't. Okay, so. but originally my initial instinct was to go with the Maple Leafs, and so I was like, all right, okay, yeah. I see it. So we've we've shared this thought here. A lot of the internet, a lot of the, the Twitters thought so as the well. Twitters. The Twitters. Which, I mean, you can't put stock in what people say online, no. but still, I mean, it's interesting to see probably a good 50-60% of the hockey writers, reporters that I follow, all at least giving Toronto a decent shot at making 
a finals if not I mean not making like a, like a conference finals if not a Stanley Cup final you know which that's is herd mentality ridiculous herd mentality oh my gosh I love that we now have someone new to like oppose us here on this podcast because Tyler Lou and I share a lot of the same views like most of the time and then now and even James sometimes like he's a he's a devil's fan he doesn't he doesn't fight that much but now we've got now we've got Mr. Nick Palmer who is here to be the contrarian apparently I, I get in so many fights with Lou we, we have two classes <laughs> <laughs> together it's it's awful but um what would you have you have leafs avalanche i i think originally i had either leafs avalanche or like rangers oilers i think that's what it was okay. i think i had something like that i don't know is that that seems what, what would really you have tied i know i had the leafs i I want to. I think I had the abs. I kind of forget. I think though. we had the abs, and then now, okay. now that's not looking likely. Which yeah. I'm, I'm a big enough woman to admit. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Still early. Still early. Still I, early. There's time. I do have a little question for you both. So we Answer. talked about Cal Peterson having a terrible save percentage. He is the second worst in the NHL. Who has the worst save percentage in the NHL this year? Oh, give uh, a guess. Th- it's the Avalanche goal. It's um. Mm-mm. No. I have no idea. Elvis Merzlikens. What what is on the Who Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, had a great year two Elvis. years ago. Remember the guitar guy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Him, Hound Dog, oh, it's right? A, yeah, that's yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a tune of <laughs> 864. Yuff. With a 4.74 goals against him. Meow. That is that is not exactly where you want to be. What I I know we didn't plan to talk about this, but and just we'll say this briefly before we, we wrap up because we've got class to go to in mm. just a couple of minutes here. Um... I, I love Johnny Gaudreau, how he's he's so adamant that he's like, no, I love being in Columbus. I love it here. And I hope he does. Good for him. I really hope he does. I think it was funny when they played um the Islanders and the Islanders fans all booed him. And he was like, I didn't even talk to the Islanders in the postseason. Why am I being booed? And I thought that was so funny. He was like, I, what did I do? Those were the rumors, though. Those were the rumors, but there was no stock in those rumors. Like, we know he talked know. to the Devils, at I'm least. so sad. There's no stock in the rumors of him going to the Islanders. We all thought maybe he'd be there, but... He wasn't. People also thought that Nazem Kadri was going to end up there. No again. one saw him going to the Blue Jackets. Though. No, no one saw him going to the Blue Jackets. That was an out of left field. Like Ohio doesn't even exist. Ohio is a it's a fake place. I mean, I've been there a number of times. <laughs> so if I, I, yeah, I can't. Ohio. Yeah, we're all like Ohio, but hey, you know what? We will see. Exciting week and weekend ahead here for the New York Metropolitan Conference. Tyler, you will be at the uh, Garden on Saturday. Yes. Oh. Against Rangers Blackhawks. Rangers Blackhawks. Oh, that'll, they should win that game. That'll be fun. They well, should. We'll they see. should. Yeah. I mean, I was like, we will I see. Know. I will be there on Friday for Rangers Senators round two. Yeah. Um, Islanders play tomorrow against Nashville. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Islanders play tomorrow against Nashville. Devils play tonight against Nashville. That will be a very, very fun game. Whenever the Predators come to town, it is always a show. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode of Five on Three. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you have a phenomenal weekend. Welcome to December. Five on Three is a production of WFUV Sports. (laughs) 